The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by, about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him, who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it, it builds up itself in love. All right, in prayer. Um, Father God, Lord, um, thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Uh, Lord, I just pray that we can just look at you with fullness and with hope and in love, Father, that you look at us the same way. Um, Father God, I just pray that we look with you in freedom and in boldness and in confidence in who you're Son Jesus Christ is, Lord, this morning and for this new year. Oh, Lord, just thank you so much for uh, your son. Thank you so much for this fellowship. Thank you so much for just today, Lord. Um, I pray that as we read into your scriptures this morning and that we dig into your word, Lord, that you might unveil new truths and maybe good reminders about our walk with you, Lord. In your name, amen. Thanks, Stephen. All right. Good morning. Happy New Year. Um, I don't know about you, I just love New Year's. I love it. You know, and I was reading through Genesis, and you know what? God made time, years, all those things. It says it right there in Genesis 1. And so I think there's something to a new year that should be helpful to us. Um, so I'm excited about 2019, and uh, welcome to Vision Sunday. So today, this is gonna help us to reflect a little bit on, on what God has done. And if you're new to Gracie this morning, um, you know, we've only been a church for about three and a half years. Um, so just to see what God has done over those three and a half years, it's just blown me away. Um, but also, um, I want Vision Sunday to be an opportunity for us to look forward to look forward to where we're going as a church um, over this next year. Um, and our text today that we're going to be looking at is Ephesians 4. And so I think this is a really helpful guide for us. We're going to be going through Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And um, the message is this. As we think about 2019, the message is to know Christ. To know Christ. Now this year, one of the things that I've done is I sat down all three of my kids and I said, we are making a goals list and a chores list. Two lists that are extremely important for your life right here. And so I got a picture of us sitting down and you can kind of see it in my eyes. I'm a little intense about this and saying, okay, it's 2019 guys. It's time to gather up because we are doing this. And you think about this, okay, we, we came up with this chores list and we came up with this goals list and I let them color it and decorate it and it was, it was a really fun time for me. But you ask, why? Why would we do that? Why would I as a father want to see this for my kids? It's because someday I want them 
to leave the home and be able to make their bed, clean up around them, and grow up into mature adults. Right, like that, that's my goal. Like my why is like, I want them to grow, to mature. And so I set goals for them. And I say, this is what I want for your life. Across the board, right? Just as, as people, but also spiritually. My hope for them is that they would grow into men, uh, a man and, and women that love Jesus. You set goals. You say, this is what I see. This is what I want for you. This is the why. This is why we sit down and do this. See, there's something more. And so today, it's, it's a great reminder. I love Vision Sunday. We do it twice a year because it's a reminder of why do we do this? Why do we get together? Why do we set up? Why, why all of these things? Every week, why do we get together? Why does Grace City exist? This is our conviction. It's our conviction. See, our vision from the beginning of Grace City was this, to be a church for our city that seeks new life in Jesus. A church for our city. What's the goal? That we would not be a church here gathering for ourselves. That we would not be a selfish people, but a gracious, loving, giving people. Not a church for ourselves, but a church for others is what we would say. And the second part of that is to seek new life in Jesus. Here's the thing. I will say this again and again. Grace City is not what you need. It's not what you need. Jesus is what you need. And so the goal for us as a church is that we point you to Jesus as the answer for your life. Because the only place that you're going to find new life is in Jesus Christ. Amen? It's not going to be in us gathering each week. Because there are going to be times where you're just disappointed. Right? It's like we're not going to meet some type of standard. But here's the thing. It's not about us. We're doing the best we can, but it's about Jesus because he's the only one who's faithful every single time. Every single time. And so our hope is that you are looking to him. See, we're all about Jesus. And so in 2015, back then we planted Grace City and it started with prayer. It started with studying God's word. It started with asking God to give us a heart for our community. Because here's the thing. I know this to be true. That type of heart is not naturally within any of us. It's not within me. I need God to change my heart and to make me a person for others, to serve others, to not live a selfish life, but a selfless life. And so that was the prayer back in 2015 as we planted this church was to be a church for our community. And by God's grace, since we've started, over 50 people have received Jesus and been baptized. Last year, we had 21 baptisms, which was the most we've had since we started. We've had a, a heart for church planting from the start because look at us, we were a church plant. We are a church plant. 
And so we've been a part of helping to plant a church in Loja, Ecuador through Compassion International, which I'm telling you, Compassion is amazing. I was going through some letters this past week and I found a letter from the pastors of the churches that are helping the kids that we sponsor. A letter from them, giving us an update and talking about not only the physical health, but the spiritual health of the kids that are part of the church in Loja, Ecuador. Amazing. Why are we out there selling pancakes and doing all these things? Because we get to send 12 people to Ecuador to go experience what God's done. To go experience that. And not only that, this past December, again, by God's grace, we raised over $20,000. 5,000 of that going to Ecuador. 2,500 has gone to the Burmese refugees. And 12,500 was used to help plant a church through Redeemer City to City in Tokyo, Japan. Okay, that is what God is doing. We've invested time and resources into loving our community through school supplies, volunteering at local events, being involved in our community, helping needy families, encouraging uh, staff here at the school. It was fun because... um, I, I talked with um, Brooke, who's on our staff, and said, hey, I want you to go to the schools, and I just want you to drop off gift cards for all the, the staff people, like, in, in, you know, the office staff and the, the people that are the custodial staff. And she came back. She had this big smile on her face. Isn't it fun just being able to do that? She said, yeah. And he's just so thankful. I just want you to know that the, the school and the schools in our area are thankful that God brought us here. That's because of him. City Kids Sports Camp. We had our third annual City Kids Kids Sports Camp, our largest. We've had over 80 kids. Free camp for kids in our community. Free sports camp for kids in our community. You know how much camps cost. Again, I got three kids. I understand. It is expensive. But being able to do that for our community, it was awesome being a part of the campus outreach that's happening here on our college campuses at UCSD here um, through InterVarsity, Destino, Young Life, all of these ministries that are happening, we're able to be a part of and help support. Been able to partner with Homeless Outreach, Agape Myanmar Mission again, which helps with the Burmese refugees. Here's the thing, God, God has allowed us to become a church for our city. It wasn't just because we set this vision in place and said, look, let's go after this. But it was God who has done that in us and through us by his grace. And so, as I said before, and I will quote again, Psalm 118.23 says, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Grace City exists for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, words of Jesus, let your light shine before others. Hold on. 
Second part, so that they may see your good works. They'll see it and give glory to your father who is in heaven. You wanna know the goal of all of this? All the things that God has done, it's not to praise us and say, hey, look at how cool Grace City is. No, it is to praise our Father in heaven and say, look at him. Look at how amazing he is. Look at what he's done. Look at the good he is bringing to our community. It is for God's glory. And so again, if you're new to today to Grace City, Vision Sunday is the, uh, the perfect day because you will get a picture, a glimpse of, of who we are and the direction that we're going. But second, if you've been here with us for a while, I just hope this is like this huge encouragement to you of all that God has done and he wants to continue to do because he's doing it through you. And I wanna say thank you. And so as 2019 begins, let this be a time for us to refocus, to refocus on our conviction. What's our conviction? And so the text is Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Just to give some background, commentator James Boyce says about these, these verses here, he says, many commentators consider these verses the heart of the book of Ephesians. For they tell how the church of Jesus Christ is to function. They talk about gifts and they begin by telling us that these gifts have come from Christ. They are Christ's gifts to his church and he has not overlooked anyone in the distribution. He hasn't overlooked anyone in the distribution. So again, team effort, team effort. What can we learn about our conviction and what it should be as a church from, these, from this text? Well, there are three reminders. The first one is this. I'm gonna give you all three if you're taking notes today. Number one, he gave, he gave. Number two, to equip. And number three, to mature. He gave to equip to mature. The first one he gave, verse 11. He, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So it starts with these two words. He gave. And I want us to think on that for a minute because we can pass over that very quickly. In those two words, you and I should see the gospel. You and I should see the good news. See, some of us here today might have come in feeling like, I need to give. I, I, need, I need to give so that God will love me. It, it, the, the, the onus is on me and what I give so that God will care about me. But what we see all throughout the scriptures is that it's actually the opposite. It's flipped. What's natural in our minds is flipped. And it's not that I gave so God loved. It's, it's this, for God loved so he Gave. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. See, a little bit earlier, verses seven and eight, it says this. 
He's talking to the Ephesians who know Christ. He's saying, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. What does this mean? Well, he's taking a passage from Psalm 68 and he's applying it directly to Jesus. You see, in Psalm 68, many believe that this was the triumphal entry of the Ark of the Covenant, which meant God's presence among his people. And so in Psalm 68, 18, it talks about how the Ark of the Covenant was God's presence, but now God's presence came in bodily form to you and me. What did we just get done celebrating? The incarnation. That God became man. The re- just talking with our kids ministry today, I said, you know what? It matters that you take care of babies in there because the son of God became a baby. You want to know how important it is? The job that you have as you're taking care of babies every week is that the son of God himself became a baby and that matters. So those babies in there, they matter. In every stage of life that you are investing in, it matters. Because Jesus lived all of life through every stage and told us that that mattered. So the son of God became a baby. That is the greatest gift. See, what's the gift? It's that God first gave us himself. God gave us himself. He Gave. This is the heart of everything we believe, that God became man, died for our sins, and rose from the dead, and that when we trust in him, we have new life. You see, what's the reason God gives? Because it says he gave. Now, the apostles, which lowercase apostle, many believe what an apostle is, is somebody who just goes and starts a new work for God. So many church planners or any of would be lowercase. That's the gifting. Why do we have church planners? Because of God. The prophets. Again, not, we think of prophets, Old Testament, foreseeing. Yes, they did that. But primarily the work of a prophet was to point people to God. What's the, what, what do preachers do? It's to point people to to Jesus, the evangelists, to point people to Jesus, the shepherds and teachers. What is the reason for all of these leaders within the church? What's the point? To point people to the greatest gift of all. Our gifts, as Jesus distributes gifts, because he's given us gifts as we receive him in faith, since he gives us a gift, no one's missed in the distribution. No one's missed. Right, my, my son got so bent out of shape Christmas Day. He's sitting there as he's seeing just gifts going to sister, sister, mom, uncle, where am I at in the equation, right? Like he is getting visibly upset. God doesn't miss anyone in the distribution. And we didn't miss him either, okay? <laughs> just saying. But he was rattled for sure. We're given gifts to point to the greatest gift. 
That's why he gave. He gave so that we can point to him. The second point, to equip. Look at verses 12 through 13. It says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Those two words, to equip. To equip. What does it mean to equip? It means to prepare, to get someone ready for battle. Right? And you and I know that as you walk out into the world, if we go out unequipped, it's chaos. It's difficult. It's hard. It's the reason why many of us at the end of the year are just so beaten down and saying, can I get a break? Can I get a break? Jesus says, it's not going to be easy in this world. And so the, the, the vision that he sees here as he's giving out gifts is saying, okay, if you, if you have any of these gifts, your whole goal is to equip people, the saints. Now, are the saints just a select group of people set aside? Now, what we see all throughout scripture is if you are a Christian, that God calls you a saint. You're a saint. Sometimes you don't feel like it, right? Like, I don't feel like it. There are times where I'm like, how could God look at me like this? But here's the thing with the gospel. The good news of Christ, as we've accepted Christ, he has dressed us in what he deserves. He dresses us in righteousness, Throughout the book of Romans, what's it say? It says that we are made righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. What is that? A right standing before God. But not only that, we're rewarded as if we've done everything Jesus did. That's the crazy part of the gospel. That's the amazing part of the gospel that it's not whether or not God does look at me and love me and see me in a way where I am righteous, but he does see me as righteous just as Christ was righteous. The way I illustrate it is, you know, my brother, he was a, he, he's, he's a Marine. And he's been to multiple wars. And he's been overseas. And he, I, I, I'm so proud of my brother. But it, it, would, it would be as if I were to take my brother's uniform, put, on, put all of it on, put all the awards that he's gotten, and, and say, look at what I've done. Knowing that, rightly, I did not do that. But that is the message of the gospel. That Christ says, I'm going to wrap you in all of the things that I've done, and I will, God the Father treats us as that. And so you have to be equipped with that every single day. Why? Because there's a lot of lies that come our way, aren't there? About our worth, about our value, about how we don't matter. All of those things continually being bombarded at us again and again and again. And so when we say at Grace City, we are a gospel-centered church, I am here to remind you and we are here to remind one another that in Christ, we are righteous. In Christ, yes, I have sinned, but I am not cast out because Jesus was cast out for me. Right? I'm not kicked out of the family because Christ was kicked out for me. 
We have to hear this again and again. This is the message of the gospel that, again, I had one friend tell me, he says, if the good news becomes old news, you're in really dangerous territory. It can't become old news to us. But it's something that we have to remind ourselves of again and again. And that's what we are here to do, to equip you for that. Why? To equip the saints so that you can go out and do the work of ministry. The work of ministry. Todd Adkins says this. He says, nothing is more sacred or more strategic in God's kingdom than this responsibility to equip others to serve in ministry. God did not intend for his church to be a community with a gifted pastor and staff members, but to be a community of gifted people. Community of gifted people. Taking the gift, remembering the gift giver what he's done, what he's given us, taking that and saying, okay, now I'm going to go and share the gift that he's given me to serve others. My job, the church, of, the, the, the church leaders, the job is to build people up in God so that you can find your purpose and know that God has given you a purpose in this world to share his love with others. Sitting with a friend the other day, we were having coffee and he's telling me about all the things that are going on in his workplace. And he said, you know what? I've got to stand up and say some things to help bring some light to some things that aren't right. He said, it's really hard. I said, yeah. I said, but you know what? You're living out the gospel because you're helping those people who are being taken advantage of. And you're the one that's gonna speak up for them. You're the one. See, here's the thing. As God sends us out, we are to be light bearers. We are equipped to go out and share the love of Christ with others and make this place just a little bit better. See, our, our church is here to equip you to take the gospels into all areas of your life. To all areas of your life. And lastly, the last point is to mature. To mature. Verses 13 through 16. To mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Then each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So how does Paul say we mature? He says, this is the whole goal. I want you to mature. I want you to grow in your relationship with Christ. Just as I look at my kids, I want them to mature. The apostle Paul is saying, I I want you to mature. Here's how you do it. First, 
says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Here's the thing. We live in a generation where we have Bibles and access to Bibles everywhere. Yet, we are illiterate in the word of God. We don't know it. We, 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 don't, we, we don't know what he says. And so what, what happens is it says that you can get tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. See, he, he relates doctrines, teachings of the scriptures to wind. Because here's the thing about wind. What does it do? It blows you off course. It takes you in a different direction. And it might sound good, but what happens is it takes you in a direction that's not about Jesus. It's about, most likely, you. It's about me. And so theologians throughout time said, you want to know how to sniff out a doctrine that's not biblical? Who's the hero of it? Who's the hero of that doctrine? Is it you or is it God? If it's God, then it's, it's probably right, <laughs> okay? Because here's the thing. We naturally don't want to make it about God. We want to make it about me. And so the way that we can get down to it is, who's the hero of this? Is it Christ? Because we can get blown off course really easily. Charles Spurgeon once said, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between right and almost right. Right, and as we talk about like 2019, one of the things for me that I'm asking God for is just wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Like I, I want to know how to discern certain things because you can get into traps where you're like, okay, I'm just gonna follow my heart into this, right? Could be a relationship, could it be a lot of different things. I'm just gonna follow my heart into this, but yet it, it, it just leads into really bad places. And so help me to be anchored in God's word and God's truth. Next is to be accountable to one another. Speaking the truth in love, we. We. This is a corporate thing. This isn't just like me and my relationship with Jesus. That's part of it, but it's not the whole part. It's we, it's us together. And so it says that we are speaking the truth in love encouraging one another. So there's gonna be people that are gonna come into your life that love Christ and they love you and they're gonna tell you things that maybe you don't wanna hear. But that's how the church works. That, that, that's a part of being a part of the community of God. And so Paul is saying here to the Ephesians, like just know that it's, it's a we thing, it's a us thing. He says to set our sights on Jesus. Verse 15, growing up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Just like we talk about, like what is the vision of Grace City it is so that you will find new life in Jesus. That's the goal. That's the vision. As you start to see Christ, as you start to look towards him, he takes the old life and makes new life. He takes the old creature and makes you a new creation. That's what he does. And so we hold tightly to him. And what happens is verse 16, it says, basically you're bearing fruit. When 
Each part is working properly and makes the body grow. We are all growing together in Christ. So just like sitting down at the beginning of the year and saying, okay, where are we going? What's the goals for this year? I want to set some out for Grace City for 2019. And so there are three. As we look at this passage and discern where we're going next, the first one is this, to know Jesus. To know Jesus. First priority. It's so to know Jesus, you have to know his word. It's to be in the word together, to read the Bible, to pray, to talk with him. And here's the thing. Many of us have a desire, but we don't know where to start. We don't know where to start. And so I want to give a starting place. This year we have these CBR journals. It's called the Community Bible Reading Journal. Some of you right now, you might have a pattern every day in which you read the scriptures. But some of us might not. And here's the thing. These are $10 a piece. $10 a piece. Our church is not here to make money. Straight up. We are here to equip you. And we got a hundred of those out there. And so here is my prayer. Here's my plea. If you're serious about being in the word, I want you to be in this. If you want a starting place, I want you to grab one of these. And so I've been in this the past six days. And at the beginning, right at the start, it just charts out. Daily readings. There's some breaks in there. You can kind of just rest. Back here, there's a, there's a journaling area, okay? At the front, it shows you just kind of what, what to do, how to do it. But this is just guided prayer, right? And so, so what this is, is, is so for me, I, I put the date down, I put the passages down. It says surrender through prayer. First thing I do is just write down, Lord, I need your discernment. I need your guidance. There's an there's a, a example page back here if you need help with that. But it's just like, how do I start with praying? Right here. Just write it out. Second part, listen to the scriptures. So day one, it was Genesis 1 and Luke 1. Next day, Genesis 2, Luke 2. Just listen to the scriptures. And then lastly, just pray. Pray through your pen, it says. What are the attributes of God that stick out to you? Confession. Where, where do I need to confess my sins and just say, God, I, I'm seeing some new things that you're revealing in my heart and I just want to confess those things to you. Thanksgiving. Where, where can I just thank God for his salvation and the gospel and what he's done for me? Supplication. This is important. I love this part because it says, ask the spirit to transform you in particular ways. Here's the thing I wrote. I wrote, Lord, I'm disciplined to start things like this, but I'm not disciplined to finish it. Help me, Lord, to become a more disciplined person to finish this. Because here's the thing. In 2018, I set a goal that I was going to read 30 books. I read nine. <laughs> nine. I put it on Goodreads too. And so everybody could see it, right? But here's the thing. I want to be better. 
I want to be better. And here's the thing. God is gracious. He said, you can start over. And so what is, what is 2019 other than, okay, fresh start, fresh start. Like some people are like, oh, I don't, you know, all these things about resolution, I don't like that. And this, but here's the thing, like there are things, there are areas in my life where I need to grow. And so let me come to the Lord and just ask, can I just start with your word? Can I just start? And so we have less than 100 now because some people grab some, but we got, and, and if you want one and we don't have one, write your name down and I'll, we'll get you one. But this is important because you want to know how you're going to grow more than anything this year. It's by being in God's word. My family knows, my wife knows when I'm not reading the word of God. My kids know when I'm not reading the word of God. My coworkers know, people know. And it's not just for pastors, it's for everyone. People know. People know, right? And so could we say together, like, I, I wanna grow in the word of God this year. John Bunyan, amazing preacher. He had this handwritten note in the cover of his Bible. Here's what it said. It says, either this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. That's what he wrote in the cover of his Bible. And it's true. Either this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. And one of the things I'm realizing too is that this generation, we, we just don't know the Bible stories of old. We don't know it. And so this year, I'm gonna be preaching through Genesis. We're gonna go through the gospel in Genesis. And my hope is that we're gonna be able to start creating dots for people. Because you know, people say like, you gotta connect the dots. Here's the thing. We are a generation, biblically, that doesn't have dots. We don't have dots. We don't know the dots. We don't know the Abraham. We don't know the Isaac, Jacob, all these stories, Joseph. We don't know those stories. And so we're gonna work through the book of Genesis this year. And my prayer and my hope is that we're able to see God connect the dots in our life. Number two, prioritize togetherness. Prioritize togetherness. My friend Chris Hornbrook said, he says, independence is not a Christian value. Interdependence is. And so we have to help one another. And one of the cool things about this journal too is it's made for community. And so you can do this with your friends. And at the bottom, it says, prepare for gospel community. Here's a simple question. How has God impacted you the most through today's passage? You can go through and just say, hey, here's some things that God impacted me through this passage in, and, and it's really working out in my life. Like you can share that with other people. And so my hope is that this is being used in community. One of the things that we have is city groups. And here's our goal for 2019 is we want to have 10 healthy city groups, 10 healthy city groups. And, um, and one of the things is, it's like, okay, who's going to step up? Right, who's going to step up and be a part of this and, and, and say, I want to lead a group. 
And so that's what we're praying about. And by the end of the month, we're going to start getting the city groups back up and going. But my hope is that if you're not in a city group right now, that you join one. If you're already in a city group, that maybe you need to pray about being a city group leader and hosting a group. But my prayer is that we have 10 healthy city groups. And last, and this is the one that we will continue to do as a church, is just to trust God, to trust God. And here's some specific things that we're trusting God on. The first one is, is this. We've talked about it with our leaders for about a year and a half. A year and a half we've been preparing for this. And I said, there's gonna be a day we're gonna go from one service to two services. And so I want you guys to be praying about that. I don't know when it's gonna be. But now I know. We're gonna start two services in a sample size. Sample size, okay. Starting March 17th, going throughout May. You say, well, why? Why would you do two services? You know, still seats here. Like, why would you do two services? Here's the thing. We have had volunteers that have served week after week after week. And some of them have not been able to go into a service. And part of that is saying we want to get to a place where our leaders can serve in a healthy way. And so part of it is serving one and going to a service in one. And that's the direction where we want to go. Okay, and so in 2019, we're gonna try it. And here's the thing, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We tried, we planted a church, okay? Like, okay, we could try this. And so that's what we're gonna do starting March 17th through May. And it'll help us to build towards Easter. Because our hope is that we're gonna reach a lot of people and share the gospel with people on Easter. And so it's six weeks before Easter and we wanna do that. And so um, another thing is, and I thought about this, you know, and one of my friends was like, yeah, it was, if we do two services, you have to say no twice. You have to say no twice. Because some of you are already saying no once. And you're like, that was easy. But you got to say no twice. So that's harder. So maybe you, Holy Spirit will be like, conviction, okay, let me go. Be with the body of Christ. But here's another thing. We want to stretch we, we want to be stretched so that we can build up more leaders, more volunteers, more people serving, using their gifts for the glory of God. And so our goal for 2019 is that we get 30 new volunteers. 30 new volunteers. And this is the last one. Learn to faithfully sacrifice. Our financial goal for this year as a church per month is going to be $20,000. $20,000. That's a lot of money. That doesn't cover all the expenses. It doesn't. I talked to a church plant that started at 30,000 per month. And so that's what operating budget is, but our staff, we support raise so that this can happen. Okay, and so we want to grow in this area as a church. And here's the reason why. 
We could keep support raising. We could keep doing this. But here's the thing. That's not the healthiest thing for this church. It's not. And so we want to get to a place where we are growing in our giving because here's the thing. Why did God set it up this way that we would give? So that we didn't love our money. So that we didn't love our money. And so it's an opportunity because here's the thing. I don't want to disciple the next generation to say, this is my money. I'm not going to disciple the next generation for that. I'm not going to disciple this church into that. It's all God's. And so with our finances, we need to say, okay, Lord, this is yours. We want to sacrifice and give so that we can honor you, Jesus. And it's, here's what it is. It's gospel giving. It's gospel giving. It's when I see how much Christ has given for me, like money, I can give it. But guys, we live in an area that worships money. And we're not gonna be a church that worships money because we worship Jesus. And Jesus said, you can either worship me or you can worship your money, but there's no in between. And I just wanna encourage you by what I saw in December and us giving away $20,000, which we've never done that before. And it's crazy, people tell that's crazy for the size church you are, the years that you be going, like, that's crazy. That's what God does. But we're gonna keep giving away free resources and equipping you with the gospel. That's what we do with the money. We're not like stacking it up somewhere. It's like we are trying to activate it so that it goes to equipping the people and doing the mission of what God has called us to do. So our goals in a nutshell for 2019 are 30, 20, 10. 30 new volunteers, 20,000 per month, 10 healthy city groups. I had a friend before we started. Some of you know him, his name's Sal. And Sal did not hold punches. And so Sal comes to me, he says, before we plan, he says, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? And I said, well, <laughs> I just wanna be faithful to Jesus. Whatever happens. And if we're faithful to Jesus, that's what it looked like. It might look like a failure in the world's eyes, but it was success in God's eyes. And just being faithful to Christ. And let me tell you, reflecting on the end of 2018 and thinking about that coffee conversation that we had, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. You know, one of the things we're dreaming about with the youth ministry, there's like 10 kids in the youth ministry already. Like, just start, like, I wanna see them go to summer camp. We're talking about summer camp this year that they can go to, CIY, Christ and Youth, here in California. We wanna send kids to camp. How many, how many of us were changed at camp, right? Like, yeah, a lot of us. See, these are the dreams. These are the things that God's doing. And why? So that we can know Christ. Know Christ. Philippians 3, 7 through 11 says this, 
But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that, in many, in, that by any means possible, I may, may attain the resurrection from the dead. My hope, my goal is to know Christ. And for this church, my hope, my goal for you is that you would know Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that we can come to you and know that you care, that you gave, that because you gave, we can give everything at your feet, Lord, and trust you. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be filled with anxiety or worry, but we know that you're a good God. So I just pray that you give us wisdom through your word. I pray you give us discernment on the decisions we make. And I pray that you build us up in Christ, that we may become more and more like Jesus. Wasn't in us. It's not in us. It's your Holy Spirit in us that changes us. Help us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.